This the bruise of paradise, come a connoisseur, is gonna share advice, with a sleeve it up, shuffle at the pub, gonna spice it up, grape shots are doubled, Tony Chaponi perceives the mirror, sees the future, always crystal clear, yeah, punishing waterfalls, slow towards again, powerful Jedi on my knees walking, riddle me this, who's a killer bee? Fiddling with broken legacy, finding outcomes that are so paradoxic. Those LEDs were lined with toxins. So many rubies you think it's Tuesday. Bruise on tap, that's a trap. Can you say reforce the soul? That's busted. Pack it up, savage. Look, that's so disgusting. Well, that's busy. Vision's hazy. Thank you for the follow. These bristle taste it. For the Republic, we combo off. Letting so many beef stroking off. Flashback echoes, sip for seco, bit of bubbly burning. Wish for tendrils. Dark and stormy always gets me horny for a goblin orgy that's empty warren. The bruise of paradise from the crowd of tours. Gonna do it live. Welcome to episode two of the Brews of Paradise podcast. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about deck porting. So, uh, I am here with uh, Benedict, aka Killaby, and Matt, aka Punishing Waterfalls. Uh, Matt, you weren't here last time. As we explained previously, we're going to have a bit of a rotating cast. So, Arkin. Uh, is not here with us today but matt if people uh loved your content tonight and wanted to go find some more of your stuff where can they find you yeah uh, definitely come out check my uh youtube you know to see anything um that you miss from my twitch you know so i know sometimes uh it's hard to get to you know see people live and i can only do it so often you know with a two-year-old so uh but it's all on my youtube i think i have almost 300 videos now so uh definitely check out uh, punishing waterfalls on youtube <laughs> Sweet, you're on Twitter too, right? Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, punish at punishing MTGO. Okay, cool. And uh, Benedict, where can people find you? As usual, uh, on Twitter or on Discord. Uh, Twitter will be linked below, and Discord as well. Yes, all the links will be in the description. Of course, you can find me on YouTube, Tony Scaponi, Twitch, Tony Scaponi, and Patreon. Uh, same thing. Basically, you Google Tony Scaponi, you're gonna find all my stuff. So let's uh get into it here so we want to talk about deck porting because i want to say you know maybe the past when did it really really start i feel like recently somewhat recently it's it's occurred a lot more often now like just left and right decks from modern are porting into legacy to the point where we're just not even surprised about it anymore it just makes sense to do and and the decks it, it used to always be a meme right you'd see a modern deck in legacy and you go haha you know they're playing they're playing their modern deck you know but they're actually pretty legit a lot of these decks even something like hammer time i think that was the first deck that i saw just come straight from modern think that it was kind of a meme and then just see it put up results over and over again i mean that's uh, most of the time, it's Crusher Bot PG, right? That uh, brings up results with Hammer Time. <laughs> Is it just them? <laughs> Mostly, I, I remember. Uh, but yeah, it's 
you know, you're laughing at it. You're like, uh, Esper Sentinel, who like, or, or this or that. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're dead to an ink moth, or <laughs> you know, they just like put put a couple hammers on, on their dudes, and, and you're dead so quickly. Like even hammer on Esper Sentinel is uh is a you know you, you're not paying eleven. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they, it get it, it's a lot of card advantage, and it, it's just a it was a really uh it was a pretty straightforward uh port. You know, add some wastelands, some ancient dens, and there you go. Yeah, pretty sweet. So. You know, not just modern to legacy. Of course, sometimes we work backwards and we take vintage stuff and move to legacy. I mean, on the first episode, we highlighted a PO deck. And though there is, you know, quite the difference uh, in cards, the, a lot of the general theory is is certainly there. So I, I haven't done a ton of porting from modern to legacy, but I feel like maybe, Matt, you've, you've done it a bit more, right? Uh, I've been doing it a ton uh, recently, just because I've been trying to find something that's sort of uh, like for for me, like like it's definitely difficult to start from 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 bare bone scratch. Um, so I like taking things that are uh, you know in modern to me that that look like are powerful enough, you know, to to be in legacy that meet a certain amount of sort of requirements. I think in my mind that uh, would be needed to be competitive, and then I just sort of you know just go from there. Uh, a simple one that that I've seen pop up also, though not as popular as Hammer Time, is uh. I've seen scales uh, pop up here and there. Uh, you know, the the hardened scales deck can, can kill very, very quickly. Um, you know, and essentially it's it's literally like a modern deck, and they, they just run some ancient tombs. You know, like like a, and now it's Soul Cauldron, and um, <laughs> Soul Cauldron was a huge buff. And in Legacy, we also have the option to play Once Upon a Time, sort of like the Cradle Control decks to increase consistency. So it was that that was one that I think is like a pretty straightforward, um, you know, way way to move that into Legacy. I think Mox Opal is also just a Oh yeah, Mox Opal. Yeah, I'm so used. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Mox Opal's just bananas. It leads to some some uh, pretty busted starts, and you can also add like random like uh, you know targets like uh, Retrofitter Foundry with your Ornithopter. You know, with Retrofitter being a commander uh, card, so that's not something that modern like has like a to be able to use in like a little toolboxy way. So, and honestly, I think Urza's Saga has a lot to do with it. Like just a lot of porting viability and just overall like deck viability. It really, uh, I feel like it's the card that has tied the room together more than like any other card in a while. Yeah, Urza Saga is just so powerful. <laughs> it might be like one of the best designed cards, like you know, if not ever in a very long time. Um, just like very reasonable abilities. It's very easy to to destroy, you know, and uh, it gives it obviously gives a huge buff to to Colos uh strategies that that really like there was nothing like it before right it's also uh it's high risk high reward right because it's so fragile and uh, if you don't time it correctly it wrecks it on its own right because you you're losing a land for maybe an artifact you don't need it reminds me of like every time i watch justin ganari play with it (laughs) i swear every game this card is so bad i hate this card I know I, when Justin plays with uh, with Saga, I swear it's like viewers are trying to queue into him with like spreading seas main deck just to <laughs> just to like get him, you know. Oh man, yeah, it's so. I mean, uh, you said it. I think it's one of the most well designed cards because it, it, I think it's really hard to make an argument for banning the card, and yet it is arguably one of the most powerful cards really that's ever been printed. So Matt, I have less experience with. Uh porting whole decks um is that how you how you start the process you want to take the whole deck or you just want to take like a combo or an idea from a deck no i i like to start literally with with the, with the whole deck i typically would just look for uh 
yeah go to goldfish or, or whatever and um just look at the top modern decks and see like all right is this already something that's sort of like being done in legacy in a better way that it's not really worth worth doing or is this something that's you know strong enough like you look at some that are already being done like the rhinos deck you know what i mean that was very easy to port into legacy that was the cleanest all we did was you know add spirit guides and force a will you know, and then all of a sudden we have a you know a, the, the two four fours on turn one are are respectable, especially we we get to run like the forces, force negation or commandeer even like we get to run all that stuff. So look for something that maybe isn't um as you know something that hasn't been done or something that might be strong enough. And so that's where I came up with like you know hardened scales. Look for something that could like you know win and win uh, very quickly, win in one turn, or is very disruptive, you know, or doesn't fold to to the top decks in Legacy. And you just got to sort of pick and choose. And obviously, Modern has has a million decks, so it's it's you sort of sift through everything. I think uh, the most recent trophy I had with a Modern deck, I took like it was like literally a Modern deck. All I did was add like two Ancient Tombs, and and I got a trophy with it. And it was with uh, the Samwise Gamgee Academy Manufacturer. Uh, so you make like a million tokens, <laughs> like food tokens. Like I, people have faced me with it, or I put screenshots on Twitter. But I've had you know hundreds, hundreds of tokens, uh, I, like where I have to stop making tokens because motor is going to crash. <laughs> and uh, so when I, I sort of looked at this deck and I've seen what people can do, and I'm like, all right, well they can win on turn three in modern. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, if they can win on turn three in modern, then I, I can win on turn three in legacy, worst case, and with a chance of even doing it, you know, a little faster. So when I see something like that, because you have an infinite combo with Viscera Seer and Cauldron Familiar. So if, if I can go infinite on turn three, then all like to me that's that's worthy of, of attempting in legacy. That's that's an, an interesting point because uh, when when we were talking about this topic or when we uh, when I prepared for it, um, I thought I should be able to consistently win turn one, and if I don't, I need another plan in the deck or I need protection. Yeah, that's a different way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's it's funny that, that that you just said okay if i can win on turn three uh the the deck is viable um but don't you think then you need either protection or you need uh another way to win and just combo because yeah. turn, turn three oh, for, you can for sure stop, right no yeah for sure and, and that's one of the things is that like it's well to turn three win you can still just win with attacking like have attacked people with Chatterfang Squirrel tokens, you know, because you make you make so many of them. It does run, you know, a couple Urza sagas, so you do get value from there. And you know, you, you can run, uh, you know, so so you you can definitely, um, you know, win win a fair game for sure, game one. And then you know you always have your sideboard. Uh, you know you can cater it to try to beat you know more un like if, if you you think you can win the fair plan, you worry about unfair decks. You run your mind break traps, your thought seizes, you know things like that. Uh, I, I think in general, like th that deck that, that I played, it was fine versus any fair deck. You know because you run collected company, which is two for one. You run grist. You know you run um, Samwise and and Academy Manufacturer, which can get a lot, get extra value with extra tokens, which could be you know uh clues which draw cards you know so and, and not only that but you do sort of get into a point sometimes where people just don't know how to effectively interact with you because they're unfamiliar with this modern deck you know and so uh they may not know exactly like what your game plan is or like what you're trying to achieve um at least for game one you know so you may get like a combo game one and they may try to overboard to stop like your one cauldron familiar and then you could just like win a fair game post board with like you know a board full of creatures um or you you still can you know you could bring in your hate bears versus combo like lavinia boromir 
um, just to stop all the zero mana things, deafening silence, like like with like hate bears, you could still win through. I, I've won like I put one Magus of the Moon in the deck where it was just uh, I was able to beat uh, you know lands because I just court of calling for three. They let it resolve its Magus of the Moon, and it, like it looks like I I can't play around Magus because I have one Forest in play. But it's like it's fine. I, I'm fine with one Forest. You, like you lose the game, so uh, I think you get a little bit of a, a benefit of that. Yeah, that's. I mean that that deck has a lot of different things happening. Uh, I think when when uh Killaby and i benedict and i sorry uh are creating criteria for a deck we're talking about like these pretty much glass cannon uh combo decks so we don't sure sometimes we're running saga but for the most part we don't have like huge other plans so yeah for us to feel legitimate in what we're we're building we need to be killing you before you even get to do anything or have significant pr- protection involved, or some sort of disruption, whether it be force of will or discard. I mean, even if you plan on uh, killing on turn one, you need protection. I think the, right. the fastest deck in, in Legacy is probably Upsal spells, and it still has uh, protection. Right, right. Some some amount of the time, right. Some sort of chunk of percentage of the time. Um, makes it reasonable and and viable otherwise belcher like actual belcher would be uh yeah yeah that's that's one thing it's it's funny though like when i was thinking about like getting us together it's like yeah like just the mindset between us is definitely a lot different you know uh yeah i've I've lost uh i think the most uh you know broken turn one thing against tony uh when he was on storm i just went like darker darker at karn you know, and that, that was like my like against him. It's you know, that, that, that was like a, I remember I was playing for a trophy with smallpox, and I was like, he like the, I think he was playing like Peer into the Abyss, and he like thought seizes my car, and I'm like, well, there goes my only action. Like top deck car, and thought seizes bug. All right, like I went on turn one, you know, like and it's uh, but aside from that, like I just look for uh, sort of rather than like like just trying to win turn one, I'm just sort of looking at like maybe funny interactions that people typically uh, just may have overlooked, you know, maybe things that have more potential than people thought. And uh, is it strong enough to compete in, in legacy? Like, whereas you're like, like I'm going to win a turn one, which is obviously, you know, if you do want to turn one, you're going to do fine in legacy. Um, When you're looking at these more fair decks, it's a little more difficult to, to be like, all right, this deck wins here in modern. Can I make it win faster in legacy? Or is there a way to make it more resilient in legacy? Or is there, you know, like if I verse fair decks with this, like a scales deck, will I be, will it be good enough? You know? And um, if I verse combo, can I like, if I board in like four mind break traps and like four thorn of amethyst, am I going to be, like, is that adequate enough, you know, to say that, all right, I can bring this in, it has a good game one, and I could board in, like, you know, eight cards post-word versus combo, that's, like, I'm okay with doing that. If you turn one of Karn off the top after I thought se- thought sees you again, Matt, you're getting banned. You're getting banned from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I'm just fighting the good fight. What do you want me to do? <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, some, I, of the cards, some of the cards I register, like, like you know... Uh, I, I'm just down to register whatever. You know what I mean? Like I played fucking. I I, I, I played four snaps. You know, in the deck we're gonna talk about later. Like you know, I'll play. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll play like whatever. Like I'm more interested in just like the um maybe some of the funky interactions that we have now and 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 just again I just sort of being able to uh just copy basically the people who work hard in modern and then just sort of add ancient tombs or yeah one time I think there was a, a time save deck with like Emery and uh. Academy Manufacturer and Asmo, where you just make like you have time save with the sack five artifacts, and when you have Manufacturer and uh, you know the and like 
you're discarding Oval Chase Daredevil, like, you can just make five tokens every turn, so you just go infinite. So I think someone trophied with that in Modern, and I'm like, oh, I'll add Ancient Tombs, and then I trophied with it, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> So it's just like, all right, it has an infinite combo. I get the run, like, you know, uh, I get the run Ancient Tomb. Like, you know, Ancient Tomb is one of the pillars of the format. So if your deck can, like, is, like, utilizing Ancient Tomb, like, in, in a way that's that's uh, strong enough, then I think, like, anything can really, you know, be, like, justifiable. Maybe not be great, but at least you can think you can, like, get away with it. So, so we can uh, say for the Legacy Brewers, just copy a modern deck. <laughs> Yeah, add ancient tombs, add force of wills. Like, like just, you just cut, cut for the modern. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that look, look at like again, hammer time. You know, we just add some wastelands. Look at this and that. But I do think it's like it, it's a good thing. I mean, because obviously we all know the restricted list and, and sort of the limitation that that imposes on a lot of people to be able to play. Um, when you can take a deck like Hardened Scales and add like you know four ancient tombs and a couple mox opals and all of a sudden like now, now you could you could you could register it and not be embarrassed in a tournament you know what i mean like which is really good where um it used to be like you need to have your c's and volcanics and leds and this and that so i think from uh uh you know just getting getting players in um i think that it's it's a really good thing um don't don't get fooled by by having success of like going two and three or three and two a lot with the deck um because it won't hold up in a tournament i i think i said it in the last podcast it's fairly easy to brew a deck right now in legacy that can do that like get two wins every league but getting four or five is the whole different story because maybe you are doing a broken thing or you are uh, building to a turn three combo um And it only works if the opponent doesn't interrupt you. And you should really be ready to fight the interaction and not, not count on not facing Fossils or not facing Bowmasters or not facing... Maybe we should do a list of uh, cards you have to face in Legacy uh, that a modern deck has to not fold to immediately. I find myself saying that on, on my stream a lot. I'd be like, okay, if they don't have Force... Wasteland, Bolt, or a Daze. All right, all right, just just don't have anything that's in your deck, and yeah, <laughs> and for good. I, since since Bowmaster's out, it's it's literally like I, I thought so many times. Okay, they had everything this game, but they hadn't everything. They had three out of six cards that could beat me, and they cannot have nothing. So right. you you need to fight through it. Uh, in well, some way or the other you know there is that sliver percentage of a time where uh you know when you just actual actually draw 10 lands with po and <laughs> you're like oh my god this is the most incredible thing ever <laughs> did that happen yeah <laughs> every now and then the old echo have you know 25 mana available past the turn <laughs> it really it, I mean, totally, I, I, it, it breaks I, my heart when that happens to you it really does i weep <laughs> Every time you have to pass the turn after you wheel. <laughs> Can I say uh, on a personal note, uh, Matt, uh, playing you, uh, it's always great because uh, you're very polite, <laughs> but you're kind of salty. You have to play a fast combo deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I sprinkle in a little salt with, with all of it. Good for you. Yeah, you need the electrolytes. Okay, so uh, let, maybe let's, let's do a very brief list of uh, cards that 
you have to be able to face if you want to survive in legacy uh i, I mean uh you know obviously it, w one thing i've noticed big time is uh with with modern mana bases is not having to worry about wasteland you know so i think like wasteland is the number one thing mm. um because their deck construction you look at them it's like they just there's no respect for wasteland and they don't have to they can fetch their triomes and you know do this and that and not have to worry so i think like uh having like just wasteland for sure is number one for me you can play utility lands without worrying. Yeah, exactly. They play that one. Uh, what's that one that untaps uh, legendary permanent? Minamo. Yeah, like Minamo on their ring. They could play like all these uh, extra things where like in Legacy, we're like even like, like you know, just control decks. Like, can I fit a Karakas in? And Karakas is so powerful. And we're just like, is it worth a, is it worth a spot like of a land that just gets wastelanded? That's like off color or whatever. So I think that's number one. And then uh, I think it's like honestly very fairly easy to win through Force of Will. You know what I mean? Like, I think you can, you know, if, if all they're doing is forcibling your thing, you could just play another thing. Um, I think it's more uh, the the very, like, Dark Ritual. You know, like, Dark Ritual decks are the thing you definitely have to watch out for. I mean, Force of Will, if that's the only thing, then sure. But the, the strength of Force yep. of Will is, you know, what what you put with it right it's yeah exactly like like so imp i'm just saying like, yeah exactly so it's like by itself like wasteland by itself could just destroy your deck you know whereas i think like you know force of will they definitely need to have they need to be either protecting their combo or like having a lot of pressure in play or you know whatever so, most of the time i mean it to your point force of will used to hold a lot more weight I guess things are just so much more powerful. Uh, there's a lot more card advantage slapped onto everything. You can't just like have a medium hand and oh, I have force will, so it'll get me through. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got players like uh, Benedict and I who will. It's it's like that leveling system, right? Because we're gonna if we have a hand that can just go off turn one unprotected, we're gonna do it, right? There's some there's some amount of the time. That we're gonna have those hands and if we're gonna count if we can if we calculate that waiting is not gonna be better then we're gonna go for it at the same time we know that our opponent even if they are force of will deck so whatever percentage of the the time they're not gonna be but um even if they are they as long as they're a good player understand that they shouldn't just be mulling to force of will obviously and especially uh not in the blind so it's it's um it's the life we live <laughs> you know like sometimes we we enter a league and you just wind up with a bunch of force check hands in a row and your opponent has force of will like every time <laughs> like i guess i shouldn't be playing magic today but sometimes they they sometimes they, they don't have force of will and right. you think like this is the best deck ever <laughs> right and then but you hey, play for... another league and you go one and four because they have it. <laughs> for every time that happens to us, a you know a Delver player is out there uh, going ponder shuffle, ponder shuffle, pass the turn. <laughs> yeah. Like turn one, ponder shuffle, pass, untap, ponder shuffle, no land drop, GG. Get wastelanded. <laughs> exactly. Um, to uh, to add another note to these these cards, I think uh, a very important card is days um yeah if you put it in the the whole meta context like your deck has to be able to either fight the days itself or play around it without getting eaten by stuff like narod uh meltdown any any hate sideboard cards and if you cannot do that you probably won't uh won't make it in legacy 
Yeah, I mean, that's true, but they're also, like, there's just Delver hands that just Delver you. You know what I mean? Like, they go turn one DRC, ball, you know, they, like, fetch DRC, bobble, you know, have the days, untap, play another DRC, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, no matter really what deck, you know, you're playing, if it's, like, you know, in regards to, like, fair decks, at least, uh, you're, you're going to have, yeah. a, a, you know, a little bit of trouble. Of course, but um, what, what I want to say, it's an, another... Uh, tempo issue like if you say your your plan is to go off on turn three or maybe not maybe just win fair you are not as worried about days mm -hmm. because your deck is already differently structured like most of my decks if you play narrow turn two i just lose if it resolves mm. or maybe i'm lucky and i have the chain of vapor or something like that and days makes it uh, that i sometimes have to go to turn two and allow them to potentially play Nalrod. That's what I mean by uh, days is extremely important because it, it gives the gives the opponents time to play their hate. I think it's only a yeah. matter of time before days actually gets banned. In fact, I personally I think we're we're past the time, but I think it'll over time the card is only going to get more powerful. The more you can leverage it. Because the more powerful the format becomes, the more important it is to do things uh, faster, and the less you can actually play around days and wait around. I think. Yeah, it's... I, I, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Get days out of here. Like honestly, like I've been days. <laughs> I've been days so many times. And I know, like uh, Straz Daddy. You know, whenever he gets days, he like loses his mind. Like because it's just like, oh, play around days. It's like, all right, so I just won't use my removal spell. Get hit for three. Then they play their two drop, like you said, or go yeah, DRC. And then, <laughs> then you didn't do anything and then you get wastelanded <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like it, you know what it, it feels like you know you play around the four wasteland or the four days and whatever one you play around they have the other you know it always feels that way right yeah so or mo both <laughs> most of the time you just play into it because you can't you know you, you yeah you yeah you're play around one anyways you might as well get the upside of well if they don't have days then well one i don't have to deal with it my thing resolves and i know they don't have days and then, and then and then what happens is they daze your thing and then wasteland you and attack you with the blind flipped over. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes like... I'm, I'm just uh, not casting a Lotus Petal, so they daze the thing, so they only have one mana the next turn and cannot narrate or... Yes, yeah, sometimes it, right, exactly. You go, okay, I, I, I'm going to play into like it you, because you if they don't have a great, if they, yeah. yeah, if they do, then it gives me another turn. I think it needs to to go. And I, I mean, listen, I'm the I'm the combo player that I think the opinion that if you get rid of days, the combo decks will just run rampant is antiquated and probably was disingenuous to begin with. I, I mean, I'm that player that you think is going to run rampant when the card goes. And on average, I don't really care about the deck. I mean, here you are, Matt, as a uh, largely fair uh, player, or at least not like Storm or Turn 1 combo deck yeah, yeah. player when you are playing combo. And you ha and you mentioned Strastaddy, who's a Maverick player. Like, Days is ruining uh, a lot more than, than just combo decks. And in fact, those combo decks that people are referring to, for the most part, care less about it than other decks. 
What's funny is when I when I started playing like Legacy, and I, I, I hated days when I started playing Legacy. This card just obnoxious. Like I hate Delver in general. Like it's just not my type of my, my cup of tea. And uh, and I was they're like combo's gonna run over. I'm like, and at that time, you know, when I started playing you know, about ten years ago, or whatever. It's like sneak and show is like the best combo deck, and it's like they run days. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, like like they're just gonna go show and tell in days. Like after you play your threat, you know, it's just like so. I don't know the whole. Uh, I just yeah. I just I can't stand it. It makes it hard for fair decks to you know like when I say fair, I mean non blue. You know, like fair decks, like like Maverick and whatnot, or uh, they just have to, uh, you know, where you have to sort of just play on curve. Otherwise, like, you know, you're, you're dead in, and it's just, yeah, that that's it's just the worst, the worst feeling in the world. It's like there's that pause after you play it, and you're just waiting for this thing. Like, do you want to pay one? Like on Moto, it's just like, ah, so frustrating. Yeah, Doomsday plays days. Yeah, I mean, like, now, like, yeah, now, like, yeah, exactly, Doomsday plays days, which is like, you know, let's not, not get into they used to, but. Not get into like you know other cards that should be banned. Fast as Oracle, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just run the ban episode. Yeah, like I say, let's just save dog. that for the. Yeah, I think you'll need uh, Ark in here for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll yeah, he'll eat that one up. We shouldn't decide that right now. <laughs> All right, so we had to uh, take a quick little break there. Uh, Benedict's cat was injured. I must know how how is your cat. <laughs> I mean, he's he's limping. It's actually my parents' cat, but yeah, uh, hmm. we'll see. Uh, he he's already eating, so it can't be too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. We'll have to do another. We'll do a deep dive on your cat on the next episode. We'll get an update on that. Yeah. <laughs> Half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Matt. I know you were uh, you wanted to talk about about something. We were going to move on to the deck spotlight shortly but there are a couple things that we wanted to go through yeah let's just i mean like finish it up um but honestly the main thing i think is like when you're looking if you want to if you have a modern deck that you want to try to move to legacy um is just not really i think even like worrying about force will checks because you're not going off on turn one I, I think like the more reasonable thing that you need to work at is like can you get like can your deck get scammed on turn one you know what i mean which is like already something that a modern deck has to worry about so that's something else that I think is sort of uh, favorable, like because any of these like decent modern decks have to survive that turn one scam because of you know it, it, how it's dominance right now in, in modern at least until Monday. We'll see if that you know if it does get the the ban hammer. But um again, just just have a cohesive plan, um you know, and I think that a lot of them, especially if you're just trying to get into legacy, you don't need to commit to be buying you know all these different duels and everything. I think you could just like you know. Uh, pick up like small at a time. Literally, just you know, maybe get some mox opals for uh, you know your your uh, your hammer deck or your uh, like scales deck. Like with mox opal, you could just like there's two decks you could just upgrade right there, you know, and then you factor in a couple wastelands or ancient tombs, and it, obviously it's still an investment, but not nearly as much as like you know some of these other decks. And you know, just start with things like that and uh just like the most recent one I'm definitely messing around with, and hopefully I can do well one, one at least maybe get a trophy one league is uh. Aspiring Spike scam deck, or not scam deck, is a, I don't know, it feels like a scam. It's this Beanstalk deck where just cascades into Beanstalk and then just plays like, you know, 20 f free cards that cost five or more. Where you're just guaranteed to get Bean on the field and then just like outgrind anything. Uh, you know, I just took that, added Force of Wills and Commandeers, <laughs> and then I was like, all right, now we have a Legacy deck. So, um, yeah, but overall, I think I think the gap is smaller than ever. You know, thanks to the modern uh, Horizon sets and the Evoke Elementals. So uh, the idea that I think like every single year is just going to get closer and closer, and that they're sort of going to like you know mesh together, where you can sort you can play more and more of them. 
Commandeers. Just add some Commandeers and you got a Legacy deck. Yeah, I mean, they play that in Modern, but he's like, you have Force and Commandeer now. You know, that, that, the one day I, I think I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, had, I, had to, I had two up the Beanstalks in play and I Commandeer someone's uh, One Ring. So I got to draw two and then put their ring into play. Oh, man. You get to cast <laughs> so, it too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I get the effect and I get to draw a card. Like, it was just, they conceded with the Commandeer on the stack because it was just, <laughs> it, it, it's it's over. So I, I do think up the Beanstalk is just so insanely good. So I am excited to sort of just continue to mess around with that. Your deck has to beat Commandeer to be a viable legacy deck. No, no, yeah, no deck can beat Commandeer. Cards just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the last time I played that card was in EDH in like 2009 when the format first ex- existed. It's funny. I I posted a screenshot uh, last week where I commented a dread return from my Oops or spell opponent. Oh yeah, that fizzled, right? <laughs> yeah, that fizzled. Yeah, but that's as good as winning, so... <laughs> yeah, I think over time, eventually, Modern will basically be Legacy. I mean, theoretically, eventually Modern becomes obsolete, right? You just wind up with, like, the same format, except... You know what I mean? Just, at, uh, like, as a percentage, fewer and fewer of the cards are actually different especially with the rate in which they're pumping cards you know high power cards into the eternal formats now yeah i mean you have your force of will your brainstorm your wasteland your ancient tomb you know i mean it's really it's really like obviously those are big cards but like there's really like maybe like a dozen cards you know that are like so powerful that like you wouldn't cut them for modern cards but like everything else like it seems to just keep getting replaced every year i'll give you an, an example i mean they they just brought preordain back in into the format right like yep to help with decks that would want to leverage that because other things are are too powerful so how long until they until they either you know shoe brainstorm into the format or just print something that's better (laughs) yeah print something better than (laughs) that'd be something i think they eventually will remove the the pitch cards or anything that that is faster than turn one and then we have a different format again what do you mean so they remove grief maybe force of negation stuff like that you mean like ban it yeah ban it hmm. i'm not uh i, ingrained I, I in don't the format think it, it will yeah i know what you mean what you're, yeah, you're saying like they'd have to ban some of the free cards to keep the disparity sort of like the same Oh, right. right, and I, I think it it will happen, but it will happen maybe in three years or something like that because they they are still uh, scared of banning too much too fast. Right. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up before we move on to the the deck? No, I think I'm good. All right. So I'm for t- today's deck spotlight, we are on Matt over here. Matt, what is? I don't even know exactly what the deck is called. There's just so much going on i don't know what what is it called i i re- i don't know i recently called the uh ring seeker storm was just like a way to to sort of because i added the one rings to it uh it's like you know again just sort of lotus field spell seeker storm with the one ring i mean call it what you want to if you so, have a clever name let me know just dm me on twitter and just tell me what i should name it that's fine <laughs> So I am just going to read down the list really quick. If there's something that is uh, not something that you typically see in Legacy, I will read it out, but otherwise I'm just going to go through the list. So at the top here, we got four Teferi Time Revelers. We have one Arboreal Grazer. Uh, that's a one green O3 with Reach. 
when a boreal grazer enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. So, and it's only one, so I'd imagine that's you get that with Zenith if if it's useful. Uh, Atraxa, Grand Unifier, we all know that. Delighted Halfling, uh, I'm sorry, one of on each of these. One Elvish Reclaimer, one Prime Time, Primeval Titan, three Spellseeker. Um, if you don't play a lot of Vintage Cube, you probably don't know this one. It's two and one blue for a 1-1 one, one. Human Wizard. When Spellseeker enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery card with CMC 2 or less. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So nice little instant sorcery tutor card. Uh, one Uro. One Burning Wish. Four Green Sun Zenith. One Hidden Strings. Uh, geez, I don't even know this one myself. So one and one blue sorcery. You may tap or untap target permanent. Then you may tap or untap another target permanent. And it has cipher. What is cipher? <laughs> then, <laughs> then you may exile this spell card encoded on a creature you control. Oh god! Whenever that creature deals damage, deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. So this is two twiddles, then it it gets encoded onto a creature you control. Whenever that does damage, you get to twiddle again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, four Living Wish, three Lorien Revealed, one Prismatic Ending, three Supreme Verdict, four Sylvan Scrying, one Crop Rotation, one Fluster Storm, four Force of Will, four Snap. Snap is one in a blue instant. It returns a creature to its owner's hand, and you get to untap two lands. Or Stifle, for the One Ring. And then there are a total of 29 lands, because this is actually a Yorian Sky Nomad deck. I should have mentioned that from the beginning, but this is an 80-card strategy. So 29 lands, two Besaju, one Dark Depths, one Dryad Arbor, one Flagstones of Trocare, two Forest, one Island, two Lotus Field, kind of is what the... What makes the deck spin if you haven't seen this card uh lotus field it's a land x proof enters the battlefield tapped when it enters the battlefield sacrifice two lands and it taps for three mana of any one color four misty rainforest one ottawara soaring city one plains two savannah three thespian stage two tropical island one tundra one uh it's a caracas god i hate these yeah, cards I know, I know. that have a different name or windswept heath and so that's the main deck uh sideboard and keep in mind we do have a burning wish which only has one target in here that be or two targets sorry that being tendrils and a supreme verdict and unless i missed one oh there's a fourth Erlingus as well um and then we have a bunch of there are a lot of lands also in the sideboard, which keep in mind you can get with Living Wish. So, so sideboard, one Besaju, one Collect Roof, one Dark Depths. Oh, and Creatures also, because Living Wish can get Creatures. Yeah. Uh, one Dark good. Depths. Yeah. Three Endurance, one Fourth Air Lingus, one Kozilek, Butcher of Truth, one Lotus Field, of course, one Peacekeeper, one Spellseeker, uh, Keeping and Seeking, one Supreme Verdict, one Tendrils, one Thespian Stage, and, of course, the Yorian. So... That is the list. Now, Matt, first just tell us what is this deck doing? Just give us the general rundown. What do you what are you what's it trying to do here? <laughs> uh all right, yeah. So so just level level one, you know, let's just say uh like you ha your goal to win the game, right? Like the the main way the deck is constructed is to essentially have two lotus fields in play 
um, or you know Thespian Sage that have copied a Lotus Field. And then your idea is to put Spellseeker into play. So three mana for Spellseeker, you look up a snap. Tap another Lotus Field for three. Two mana to snap that Spellseeker back, untap your two Lotus Fields. All right, then you replay Spellseeker and do it again. You do that for all four snaps. Uh, and then uh, when you put the Spellseeker in the last time, you look up Burning Wish. Uh, and because of how many times you've done that, you've netted yourself four mana from the four snaps. So now you can uh, Burning Wish for uh, Tendrils of Agony. So, uh, it's actually a, a pseudo storm deck. You know, you, you could cast three spell seekers, four snaps is seven cards, burning wish is eight cards, and tendrils is nine. So, it is only nine. You do have to cast one other, you know, card, or they have to fetch twice or whatever, which it's never come up that, uh, you know, they haven't had enough storm when going off. Um, but that's like your main goal uh, to do. So, as you'd mentioned, like, the, sort of the fun ofs, like an Emboreal Grazer. Um, one of the th good things you could do with this deck is you just, you play a land, you play turn one Emboreal Grazer or Green Sun Zenith. Those are your best two starts. Um, and then the Emboreal Grazer puts in a land, maybe a Flagstones, maybe a Fetch, whatever. And now you, on the next turn, you have the option to, you, know, you have four Sylvan Scrying and four Living Wish to find your uh, Lotus Field. And then that Lotus Field can come into play on turn two. So on turn two, you have a three mana producing land with Hexproof, which is uh, quite good. And then you can, uh, you know, sort of just start doing more busted things with your mana. Um, How the many of these cards are tutors? Let me just really, really quick. And, and I'm going to count Elvish Reclaimer, right? That's one Spellseeker, that's four. Uh, one Burning Wish, that's five. Four Zenith, that's nine. Four Living Wish, that's 13. Uh, four Sylvan Scrying, that's 17. A Crop Rotation, that's 18. Um, that's it. 18. 18 Tutors, which, yes. I mean, when you're playing an 80-card deck... And Fetchlands. Of course, Fetchlands. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it makes sense that you can actually run this somewhat smoothly, despite having all sorts of nonsense and being 80 cards with 18 Tutors. Uh, I would imagine that tends to tie the room together. Yeah, it really it enables you to have some consistent games. Um, the Yorion is a big deal, honestly, because I've won a lot of games just attacking with Yorion, you know, or I've won games where Yorion was my blue card for Forceful for protection. And uh, because of, you just want to fit so much in. Uh, I, and Yorion's just so free, honestly, these days with, with how good all the cards are. Mm. Um, we do run, one of the things that we do run is four stifles, you know, that, that uh, can catch people's eye. Uh, Stifle, uh, that I, I ran one, and I just wanted more, so I, I upped it to four. Stifle is, is really good. It's very modal because it can hit um, your, your opponent's fetch lands, your opponent's wastelands, or it allows you just to play a turn two Lotus Field and Stifle the ETB. Um, so you, it actually can enable you to have, you know, five mana on turn three. And that's that. That's not irrelevant, you know. So um, I, the stifle just turned out to have have so much text on it, and if you can go land pass and getting a turn one stifle when you're like you know playing the strategy to buy yourself time it is a really big deal. How often do you cipher hidden strings? Never, not once, and the whole time I played it. <laughs> 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 like you know, like just a hundred to be being one hundred. I mean, like we look, we honestly we have like. 10 creatures in the deck. You know what I mean? Like, Grazer can't even do combat damage. <laughs> you know, you have a uh, Halfling and Recruiter to, uh, you know, that are, there's more there as ramp and, and tutoring. Um, you know, your, your Dryad Arbor, like, so, uh, you're, I mean, I, like, it'd be great. You put it on, like, a prime time after you untap your ring or something. <laughs> like, you're really just uh, living the dream, but at that point, you're probably winning. So, the answer is, uh, I've, I've yet to do it. It doesn't mean I won't, but I haven't done it yet. 
So what's the strength of hidden strings as opposed to, you know, I don't know, there's a plethora of options. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, so hidden strings is used in the Pioneer version of the of, of Lotus Field, um, which is where I just sort of, uh, I, I started with four and I realized it, it just wasn't good enough. Um, but being able to, the, the one thing I like about hidden strings is it untaps two different things. And so, like, the most value I've gotten out of it is, like, you know, untapping a ring and untapping a lotus field, you know? So that gets you, like, you know, plus three mana and plus two cards, like, worst case. Um, I have used it to... Uh, the mana can be awkward in the deck, so that there have been times where I've used it to untap my lotus field. Like, say, if I only have lotus field in play and I needed the verdict, you can, uh, you know... It's essentially just a, a twiddle for two mana at that point, but you can just, uh, you know, tap it for blue, untap your lotus field, tap it for white and verdict. So... Uh, when you you do have four to fairies, you can actually tick up and then on their before their combat, uh, tap two of their attackers. You know which which isn't irrelevant or t- or tap two lands. You could do like a double Rashadon port when you tick up with it. I was gonna so, say you can tap them down if you're trying to go off and you're worried about some sort of interaction. Yeah, yeah. So say if they just have like a Valk up, you can you know you tap a Lotus Field to you know tap that and then untap the lotus field you know what i mean so it gives you a a little bit of uh again you can just do you could do a lot of different things with it so um definitely it was a card i was trying out i've settled on one uh i think one's like pretty reasonable um so i'm just going to continue to do that and and again you have the spell seeker that can sort of tutor it if that's that's what you need have you uh thought about brainstorm that's terrible like terrible what was Like, like brainstorm, right. brainstorm. You have to put two cards back. You don't know what three you're drawing. Like, why play brainstorm when I could just Sylvan Scrying for what I want, or Living Wish for what I want, or Spellseeker for what I want, or Green Sun for what I want? Well, I mean, you. I think it would maybe you be... cannot uh, Green Sun for what you want. You know, because you only can uh, Green Sun for creatures, or you only can Burning Wish for sorceries. You only can Living Wish for creatures. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, it's, I, I think it would like, at least I, be good I, as a one of. Like I, I thought about it. Like I have literally thought about it as a one of. Um, like like in in that term. But what what I found was, and I've been playing like a lot of decks without brainstorm recently, and it's just been like like I mean in in your PO deck, do you run brainstorm? You know, I mean, why not? But he doesn't have because I don't uh, run fetch tools. lands. I only have fourteen <laughs> lands, and I play ancient tomb and you, yeah. You I mean. Have... I, you know, I only run eight, fetch lands. Only eight in a Yorion deck is really not very much. Like so, it's like, like you know the, the, six in a in a sixty. Yeah, card, right? <laughs> yeah. And how many do normal brainstorm decks run that? It depends what kind of deck. But your I mean, storm but decks your run naturally five or six, sometimes seven. Yeah, but those decks when they brainstorm, they can brainstorm into their zeros or ones and go off. You know what I mean? Like when you're brainstorming, you like you, you like this deck won't go off till till much later. You know, in in the in the game, so. I found that just having like you know a living wish for my spell seeker or Sylvan scrying for this and but I can definitely see having one is maybe uh, worthwhile but I just never yeah because if you have bunkers in your hand too many of this not enough of that type of thing too many lands not enough lands I mean you also have three Lorian reveals you have green sun zenith you have a ton of shuffle effects all of your tutors yeah i mean if i'm brainstorming and then casting living wish like i don't know like I, I, again that's like it's maybe it's correct but like uh like i don't know what i would cut like everything is just it's already 84 it's already 81 cards right now and it's just they're so um it's 81 yeah of course yeah i mean like you know <laughs> Yeah, the math has worked out just 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 right. So, yeah, um, <laughs> to, to, to be able to 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 fit a brain a card like brainstorm, man, I, I just don't know. So, 
Um, I don't know. I'm going to keep messing around with it. I've had like several three twos recently with it. And uh, I've honestly been winning a lot of games with just Despian Stage Dark Depths. Um, like a lot of times where people just are like, they, I, I beat Maverick or whatever, or was it Four Call Alone? I forgot what it was. But they, they had like two deafening silences in play and like a Gattic and then I just like made a 2020. So it's nice that the deck can sort of win a couple different ways also. And that's one thing is that one time, like, like, if you're worried about, say, spot removal from the Spellseeker snap plan, what you can do is just Burning Wish for the fourth Aerolingus, because you do often have a ton of mana. So you could just, like, you know, basically fireball them, you know, and just try to win that way. You could even cipher uh, one of your knights. Yeah, there you go. See, that's the way to do it. With Trample, too. Like, that, that's that's solid. I'm surprised I mean, there's no the, the more... maybe Orum's Chant or even uh, Ephemerate. Yeah, so I had an Orum's Chant, and I cut it for another Stifle. Uh, I had, like, a bunch of random one-ofs before I decided going with the four Stifles. I had, like, a main deck Surgical. I had an Orum's Chant, like, things that uh, Spellseeker could tutor. Um, but Stifle just impressed me the most. And, like, those other cards, like, if I had a Stifle in their place, like, it would have won me games. So I just got tilted and said I'm just going to run four Stifles. Um, so, mm. and, and, and actually, something else which actually had come up was uh, the, the One Ring. I had a One Ring with, like, you know, six counters on it. And That's I was just trying... Yeah, you could draw on your upkeep and then just stifle the upkeep ability. You know, which is, like it's definitely something you know and i was like when it had come up i drew like the arms channel i was like why isn't this a stifle and then it was like verse doomsday when uh you know uh i, I had orms chant but it was like i can only i have to do it like you, you never know if you're supposed to do it on on the la the second to last turn or the turn before or whatever and it was just and they made a pile with thought seizes so it was just like just, just having the stifle and also being able to hit wasteland and all that um i can see yeah. that although it might be worth fitting back into the sideboard to bring it in post-board. There are certain decks that just hold pretty hard to the card. Yeah, honestly, the Kozilek's been a little sus. Um, I haven't hated it. It's, like, something to do with a lot of mana late, or it's good to bring in versus Painter. You know, like, so, like, like the Kozilek has been, like, uh, like fine. Nothing, definitely not uh, amazing, but I can definitely see just, just having one available, you know, between the mainer side is probably... Yeah, I can, I can see that, though. I'm... I have uh, three quests. Uh, one is uh, which deck do you want to face with it? The other, which don't you want to face with it? And uh, where do you want to go or where do you want to improve with the deck? Um, I mean, all right, so what decks do I want to face? Um, I think a lot of times the, the, the fair decks are, aren't that bad with uh, with the three verdicts main. The, like the four rings and three verdicts, I think we could fight like, like the fair non-combo decks pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Um, I think uh, what gets tough is like the turn one decks that need you know you need force will. We only have four forces and we're a Yurian deck, so I think uh, finding having those forces is pretty tough. I sort of allowed myself to be uh, weak to that, uh, especially on the draw. You know, like on the play, you do get to hold up a Stifle or a Foster Storm potentially, so that gives you a little bit of hope. Um, I, I like something that uh, or like, something I beat pretty easily, which I thought when I when I first registered the deck, I thought it was going to be a problem is uh, Mono Red with the Blood Moons. And I've had them people commit to like a turn one blood moon, and I just play like yeah. dark depths, and then like snap, like you know, just like then besage you their blood moon or snap back their mages to the moon and make a twenty twenty. <laughs> so like like I, I I underestimated like you know, and that's the same things like you know uh, that lands can do. You know when they uh, you know they play a blood moon, then they just go like dark depths, force figure a blood moon, and and, and win. So. Um, did that that matchup is a little better than than I anticipated, which is good. 
Um, we do have four basics, which is nice as well. So we can sort of like survive, and then not, not the four basics, and then Lotus Field is um, hexproof, so we can survive wastelands, um, Thespian stages, and copy basics, and obviously the Lotus Field with hexproof. So, um, but the decks, yeah, I'm trying to think about what I had lost to the um, the last time in particular. Oh, you know what deck I, I can't stand, and I, I lose seem to lose to a lot is Breakfast, Cephalid Breakfast. I feel like I can never beat that deck no matter what I play. I feel like they always just have like turn one Shuka, turn two Illusionist with Days. Um, but in general, yeah, so, so I think like any fair deck is, is, is pretty fine. And then like, you know, those, those fast combo decks, especially with, uh, with counter, the counter magic backup. Um, but like, this is sort of the next iteration I'm kind of working on with the four stifles main. That was like the big change from the draft I had before. Um, and the, all this is a little different than when I had played in the challenge, I was using balancing act, which is the, I was going to ask about that next actually. Yeah. So the balancing act was the four mana. Um, and then each per like each person sacrifices permanent down to the least and then discards to the least. And, um, this deck was really good at making sure like I first lands, I got like, you know, it was like a, like a five for one or something like that. Uh, with, with it because they just, they, they had to sack like, like, and they literally tanked for like five minutes. Like, do I keep spheres? Do I keep lands? If they don't, if they keep the spheres, they don't have lands to play anything. Like, so they got into like, like, this is really, really funny. Is it the same thing as actual balance, except it just has, um, it costs more? No, because, uh, it's just, it says permanence instead of like creatures and lands. So balancing acts as each player chooses a number of permanents they control equal to the number of permanents controlled by the player who controls the fewest and then sacrifices the rest. Okay. Each player discards cards the same way. Okay. So yeah, so the unique thing about this is like when you have like 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 one of the best times was like turn one Green Sun for Dryad Arbor, turn two like Sylvan Scrying Lotus Field, and then with your next land you play Balancing Act. So you only it's like turn four you only have two permanents and your opponent obviously typically has more than that. So you can get like decent value, um, decent value but from you it. Did, you did cut it. Yeah. So I ended up cutting it for the One Ring. Um, in, in this version, uh, because I didn't know what else to put in for the ring, and I wanted to try the strategy of uh, one ring into Supreme Verdict, or like you know, one ring into the fairy into trying to combo off. So I've, I've been sort of on the one ring now. It's not to say I won't go back to Balancing Act. It had really, really, really very powerful turns, like where almost no other card would have gotten me out of it. Um, but also the one ring is just like so much better, like as an individual card. Um, so I'm just sort of. I'm torn and broke my heart to take it out, but like, you know, when you look at them together, it's just like, yeah, the one ring is just, you know, it's the one ring. So I may, and also because I went to the one ring, I was able to sort of add creatures like Halfling and Reclaimer, which you typically wouldn't want. If your goal is the balancing act, you really don't want to have any ramp. You know, you don't want to have any ramp artifacts. You don't, you don't want to have anything uh, in play, really, otherwise, to, to get the maximum value. So by going to the one ring and trying to sort of stifle uh reclaimer halfling you know it's sort of giving me a different way to sort of uh you know try to try to win so although i really like the deck um i think for for people that uh enjoy toolbox decks this is like uh heaven <laughs> yeah it's 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 a very it, it, it's like it's it's tough for sure. I got really lucky. I think literally the first time I played it was a challenge. I don't think I even like warmed up with it for a league, and then I got like a four two in a challenge on a Saturday morning, which I was absolutely like I was never so happy about a four two ever, you know, <laughs> than when I did it with this. <laughs> like it was just like uh, it, I, I happened to I happened to stream that day. I forgot my wife was like I forgot I was with her mom with my son. They were going somewhere, so I was like, oh, this is a good good day to try this, and I, yeah, I was able to. Like, you know, have such a successful uh, uh, run, which was awesome. So, uh, but there is, 
there, there's a lot. I remember like sort of like realizing like the first time I played it, like, wait, do I win now? Do I just win? Like, it's sort of like <laughs> when uh like Alurin just they just play their recruiter and you're like, oh, I'm dead. You know, because <laughs> they just like, all right, recruiter, 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 recruiter. Then you know, whatever, bounce my recruiter, go get uh, this, bounce that. Like, and it's just like as soon as they have the one recruiter, they win. And it's sort of the same way. Once you have your one spell seeker with your Lotus Fields, you win. So yeah, it's a really sweet deck. I do love tutors. Yeah, and it's really fun. There's been times where I've like you know was able to like uh, like living wish for a peacekeeper. Which, you know, kept, like, I mean, again, this is sort of before Bowmaster. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but the Living Wish for Peacekeeper, and Peacekeeper could sort of hold it down for a little while, but now, you know, being an X1 is certainly a, a pretty big liability. Yeah, for sure. I think I I, I time out a lot uh, playing the deck. Oh, yeah, like, I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think I've timed out. The combo itself, luckily, is way easier than a lot of other combos, like, you know, Bomberman <laughs> or, or like a, some some other walking ballista type combo. So at least in regards to that, it's not that bad. But uh especially the first time you play it, and especially I know you're used to your uh <laughs> your turn one decks, so I can imagine that like I think anytime anyone will would, would just have a tough time, you know, the first time playing it. Yeah. There's so many options for the tutors. Especially yeah. when you're going tutor for tutor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're like oh, a living wish yeah. for spell seeker to get you know <laughs> snap to get green sun or whatever. Like and you're just like <laughs> you're literally just like yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Like I can't imagine playing this on paper. I'm gonna look through my deck. I'm gonna look through my sideboard. I'm gonna look through my deck again. Like you know, I'm just like gonna find exactly what I need. And uh, and again, like this is a deck. And I'll like I'll just say like I don't think this is like the best deck ever. You know, I don't think it's extremely powerful compared to other things. But I do think there's like merits, you know, to the deck. Um, and it's, I think it's fun, and I think it's not optimized yet. You know, I think there's probably more ways to go about it. Um, definitely interested if anyone has an idea, like maybe balancing act is the way to go, and I should cut the rings and go back, or maybe I just cut the verdicts and have rings and balancing acts, you know, and then cut the creatures, or I do cut the stifles and add more forces. You know, there, there's there's so many different ways to go about this. Maybe I cut the green sun package, you know, for uh, <laughs> for for other things. Uh, you know, and, and there's there's so many different ways to go with this deck, and um, it's probably not worth people's time to try. You know, but I just I just get a kick out of it, so you know, I'll waste my time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for most of us, or for a lot of brewers, the uh, the path is the goal, right? Uh, so as soon as as we we talked about it in the last episode, as soon as uh, the deck is finished, we. We tend to leave it. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I have. I, I just. I'm 100% with you. I've had such a. Like, I work on a deck. I get a trophy. I'm like, all right, all right. This is boring. What's next? <laughs> yeah, th- sometimes I, I even uh, change the deck, and it gets worse than before. And then I have to rework it because the new idea I had is kind of cool, and I wanted to work. And yeah, uh, it's it's an endless cycle. Uh, one thing that. Uh, uh, in general, uh, you you can see uh, you have a lot of room to improve uh, because you have so many options or ways to win. Like you have the Atraxa, you have uh, the Primeval Titan in there, you have Oro. Some of these can go for sure, and now you have to find out which. Yeah, there's things like I know I want to keep for like you know like like the Dark Depths is just so free. There's no way I'm ever you know cutting a Dark Depths. Um, the Reclaimer got added. I, I added the Reclaimer when I cut the Balancing Axe, and I loved having the one Reclaimer. Um, you know that that's just added a lot of consistency. 
And it, people, you know, it's funny because they may keep a hand of removal because game one, you know, Reclaimer did a lot of work. And I really don't run many creatures, you know what I mean? And then they sort of let me do my thing until I can get like a Teferi and then go off, you know, so. Yeah, the Katsukatara every time. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You sort of like revitalize it. And then, yeah, like you said, either you realize that, oh, well, now it's a lot tighter. I could definitely make a cut, but it's it's not as clear to me anymore. Or it's like, well, that idea bombed. Let me like, you know, revert back to what I had and try to find a like an alternate route to get me to like you know the better the better ending maybe four green suns is is too many because there's really what one two three and then there's three one drops prime time and uro i'm gonna tell you the 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 the, 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 the 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 best the best thing to get with green sun is dried arbor which is why you want four for turn one all right because you yeah, because like the yeah, the, because because the strongest play is like turn two living wish or scrying for Lotus Field and just getting that down on turn two. So uh, if I was to cut Green Sun, I'd probably have yeah did like or trim. I feel like I don't want to trim it because you want the four to hit the Dryad Arbor to ramp. Or it's do you just cut your Green Suns entirely and just run like you know four delighted halflings or, or yeah or, or something like that where you're just you're replacing that with another one mana. Um, ramp spell and then you could sort of maybe just cut the top ends that are you know not maybe not not as necessary like prime time yeah like the prime time and the attraxa which are like like they're they're fine like they're good because when you're in sort of top deck mode and you have all this mana it's just something to do you know you're getting an attraxa is just a way to win getting a prime time it can get you like you know your prime time is a way to win and it can find like thespian stage in dark depths you know so it gives your opponents a lot of different ways. So when you get in like that top deck mode, being like the green sun just represents so so many di- different opportunities. You know, Uro is probably the weakest uh, of the cards to be honest, because we don't have like you know the cantrips and everything for it to to fill the graveyard up as quickly. But we do run four stifles, so you can you know get that sort of quirky you know three mana Uro then stifle the sack ability. Well, plus it's it's certainly a desirable effect drawing card gaining three. And putting a land into play are all pretty good for yeah, the deck. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it's it's just it's fine, definitely fine as a one of it. Could pitch the force as well, you know. So it pitches the endurance post board. I mean, it, it, that's that's why the one of is really hard to to remove for me. It's I can't imagine wanting more than one, but like I think one. A lot of the cards that you want in this deck, I feel like, are pretty easy four ofs or one ofs, and then when you get like the in between, it can get tough. Maybe a Lorian revealed. Yeah, the Lorian revealed were like just again. They're they're mostly like lands that can pitch to force a well. You know, to up my blue count, because... What, what's my blue count? Because, like, it, while you have a blue count, you kind of don't want to count cards like Snap. You know, that you need to sort of go off. Um, but but with the Lorien Revealed, my, my blue count's pretty high. It's like 20, 24, which is really nice. Like, to almost guarantee that I'll, I'll have have it, have it for the fourth. Yeah, it's 28 with and 24 without Snap. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's, that's like, a pretty solid number in a Yorian deck. Yorian itself helps. Your in itself is such a big deal. Like it can't be understated. Like just being able to to get that blue card sometimes, or just literally it, your ring has a lot of counters on it. It resets it. Your Teft's down to one. It resets it. You know, like little things like that are are actually pretty helpful. Yeah, it did. I, the only time I've watched this deck was the YouTube video that you put out for that for that challenge. But I uh, it was a, I couldn't stop watching it. I'll say that I watched that from start start to finish in one sitting. <laughs> Yeah, no, I it's a appreciate blast that. to watch to watch this deck for sure, and yeah, you you've definitely uh, you're good at playing it. Clearly, you've been jamming it a bit. Although, was that the first time you'd played it in that challenge? Yeah, that, that actually was. Yeah, 
Oh, well, you were pretty good at playing it. No, thanks. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I remember I had found it, and I was just like, sometimes you get in a, uh, uh, I don't know, this is how I am. Like, you know, like, maybe I'll have an idea to play a deck for a day, and for some reason I'm not feeling it, or, uh, you know, maybe like, I have a good idea. Like, I had this deck, and I'm just like, I feel like it's missing something, and I just won't register it because I feel like it's missing that one thing, and it's like, mm-hmm. I'd rather try this new deck because if I fail, then it's because it's this new deck that I haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, you know. It's it's like you know, it's because I picked this new deck. So um, and it just it looked wild, uh, you know. And uh, so the the balancing act one is great. Um, and yeah, definitely people should check that out. Maybe we can we can link it when we put the um, the video up, just so you know people have an idea of, of what you're referencing. And then, uh, uh, but yeah, so this is sort of the changes. And yep, for all I know, is I'll play this for you know, a couple of weeks and be like, wow, you know, this is a waste of time. Balancing actually to stayed the whole time. And, and I just go right back, you know, and it's, uh, it's part of the process. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could just snap my fingers and, and, and know it's a better, it's a better idea and an improvement, but you know, we sort of think of funky stuff and, you know, have these unique interactions and, you know, maybe there's a car that was printed in, you know, the dark that I'm not thinking of that someone could suggest to me or, or you know, that that's like, that would just break the deck in half. Like, you know, legacy has legacy's card pool is just so comically large that uh, that I'm sure there's uh, you know maybe like one of that are just crazy for me not to be you know having in the deck. Is there a legacy card from the dark aside from Blood Moon? I was gonna say Blood Moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, yeah, the the card pool is it's insane at this point. I, I mean, for a long time, you could almost say that there weren't really any, like, legit rogue, you know, to to use an old term, uh, rogue decks. Like, everything was kind of solved for the most part. You could do something maybe a little different, or obviously over time, eventually things, you know, did change. But it was just really, really, really slow moving. And these past, what, three, four years have just pumped in so many high power level cards and it's done a lot of really obvious things right the changes that you can clearly see by just combing through challenge data watching content creators looking at your own deck and plugging in the obvious super powerful replacement cards that they've printed um but what isn't seen is i i there's i guarantee you over the next two, three, four, five years, whatever, things will continue to come up. New things will continue to be created, many of which could have been created now. That's, I mean, I'm just, obviously, I don't know that 100%, but I, I'm willing to to bet quite a hefty sum that a few years from now, there'll be a, a number of things that we'll look back and say, wow, we could have done this three years ago. Like, how long was this sitting there yeah and i know what you mean like maybe something gets printed that makes it like so obvious and it's like maybe it wouldn't have been as good with this you know new printing but it still should have been something that people you know could have found um and it's just it, it always takes like one card to get printed and it's like wow you know like like look at drc and like mishra's bubble how often was mishra's bubble played before drc you know, like I, I, I don't think I don't I don't remember seeing it in any storm decks. I don't remember seeing it in any tempo decks until DRC got printed, right? And now all of a sudden, it's it's not only in that it's in that it's in storm. It's obviously an eight cast. It's it, Mishra's Bubble went from a card that I didn't even know existed, you know, and then to just being one of the most popular artifacts in the format. I did test it a lot. <laughs> I I, th- I think uh, your oh. your PO list. Well, yeah, he's he's talking further back though. Last year. 
Yeah, I'm talking a while. Yeah, like like you know, years no, no, ago. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I don't mean no, no. I don't mean uh, there's Mythos bubble in it. I mean uh, it could have worked. Uh, oh, last oh. Year uh, the one ring is the one ring. Yeah, that's it's, that's the thing. That I, I know it's 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 crucial for the the way you built it. Yeah. Um, but I played some PO when uh, Mind Desire came out, and I think it could have been possible. Like, or I remember uh, thinking. If you would have thought of the same thing uh, in January, you could have uh, won a challenge with it. Yeah, it's true. Like again, maybe obviously, like like Tony said, it, it's it's pretty important to the deck. But maybe it's just like you know, it, it could have been something that you did well with, even though it may not have been as good as it is now. You know, like maybe you just didn't throw it together until you had the ring as a piece. Right. Yeah, you could still make a, a reasonable deck without the ring, as much as the ring has made it uh, extremely powerful. I think he could have had something somewhat legitimate before that. Especially because there was no Bowmasters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, honestly, that's <laughs> true, right? Like, like if you take away the if you take away the One Ring and take away Bowmasters, like, is the deck better or worse? You know, Bowmasters out of the format, but you don't have Ring. You know, it's like kind of interesting. Right. I mean, heck, I'm playing Pyrite Spellbomb, and it's good, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Yeah, fire ice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, is a cool deck, but uh, I think we pretty much gotta wrap it up here. We, it's it's probably a little over the hour mark. I mean, I could keep talking for another hour. I'm sure you guys could too, but at some point we gotta we gotta call it. Any any last words? Um, not last words. I just yeah, didn't yeah. Oh man, this is this is very emotional. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Did you know Tony always executes his podcast yeah. part of the podcast? <laughs> the uh, well, it depends yeah, on performance. It's, it's... <laughs> tough, tough uh, lesson yeah. to learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, definitely. Um, you know, give the deck a shot if you don't. You know, if you have play points to spare. You know, I'm gonna. That's my sort of disclaimer. You know, don't come back to me when you, you know, oh, 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 four drop or something. But um, I think the deck's cool. And maybe when if anyone out there plays it and they they may have you know tweaks or uh, ideas for cards I didn't have that are um, you know definitely open to hearing it. I know this is in the final form and uh, definitely keep trying to you know you know break some modern decks into legacy. You know, and uh, always interested to hear about those. And don't forget to share your innovations and impressions of the deck. No, definitely, definitely. Anything. If anyone, if anyone, if you come up with something, you can, uh, you know, definitely just tag me on Twitter, or uh, you know, come into my Twitch or post it, you know, on my YouTube video for the deck or whatever. But definitely get in contact with me. Show us, show us the screenshots. Show us the cipher. Yeah, show us the cipher. Yeah, please, please cipher. <laughs> yeah, please, please cipher. I'll give you a treasure chest. Whoever ciphers, whoever whoever del- delivers that combat damage with their delighted halfling to untap like their ring in Lotus Field, <laughs> like like you do that. I got a treasure chest waiting for you. <laughs> Put a bounty on it. That's awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on, and thank you listeners for hanging out with us. And, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed the show today and you want to hear more, maybe not necessarily from this direct podcast, but from uh, the guys here today, look down on the description. You'll, you will see all of our links, Arkin's links included, uh, as well as, and I do want to thank Phil Blackman, a.k.a. Force of Phil, who recorded, wrote, sang our intro song, Voice of an Angel, Love you, Phil. Thank you so much. And his links will be in the description as well. 
Yeah, he's got he's got a podcast. They do it on YouTube. Eternal Dirtles. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going, so so check him out. But uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. See y'all next time. It's the bruise of paradise, come a connoisseur, is gonna share advice, with a sleeve it up, shuffle at the pub, gonna spice it up, grape shots are doubled, Tony Scaponi perceives the mirror, sees the future, always crystal clear, yeah, punishing waterfalls, slow towards arcane, powerful Jedi on my knee walking, riddle me this, who's a killer bee, fiddling with broken legacy, finding outcomes that are so paradoxic, those LEDs were lined with toxins, so many rubies, you think it's Tuesday, bruise on tap, that's a trap, can you say, reforce the soul, that's busted, pack it up, savage, look, that's so disgusting, well that's busy, vision hazy, thank you for the Follow these bristle days there. For the Republic, we combo off. Land so meaty beef stroking off. Flashback like echoes, sip for seco, bit of bubble, burning, wish for tendrils. Dark and stormy always gets me horny for a goblin orgy that's empty warren. The bruise of paradise from the ground of tours gonna do it live.